Good morning to you once again. This is Backwoods Theology coming to you from the chilly state of Maine. I am looking forward to when we are going to be able to say the warm, balmy state of Maine. Uh, I think that day of summer is scheduled sometime in July, and we'll be looking forward to coming to you then. But until then, uh, it is still wintertime here in Maine, but that doesn't mean we can't have a great discussion here on Backwoods Theology. We hope you're enjoying the podcast episodes and listening. We've been excited about hearing from some of you, and that is what our podcast is today. For the next few, we have received some questions from listeners, and I'm just pumped we have listeners. Uh, (laughs) I'm just really excited about that. Uh, I was counting in my head, okay, my wife listens, Josh and Chad's wife listens, and, and so we have at least three listeners. And so this first question comes from an AC, which I assume is Amanda Colburn, but uh, <laughs> no, uh, we enjoy the questions that you're getting. And again, um, we're thankful because if we have questions, that means people are listening. And these are good thought provoking questions. And we can see that uh, you've put some effort into those. And so we want to start to answer some of those. We may not always be able to do that because as we continue to gain one, two listeners, uh, soon we'll be at a million listeners. It'll be hard to answer all the questions, but we'll be changing tens and tens of lives. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Dozens, dozens of (laughs) listeners. (laughs) No, we've determined that even if no one listens, we're going to do this. This is good for us. It's just good debate. Healthy debate is good. And we are enjoying it very, very much. So we do have, uh, some questions here that perhaps the next two or three podcast episodes we will be answering. But um, Josh is going to be overseeing our podcast today, and so he is going to be addressing this first question, and we're going to be talking about it. So take it away, Josh. Well, we um, we discussed um, a couple podcasts ago, I guess I could say it that way, about the kingdoms and the variances between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, and. I think for for the majority of Christendom, we hear kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, and we automatically go, okay, what's, what is the big deal? Why even make a difference? Why even make a contrast? And I think one of the, one of the um, thoughts, I think, Chad, you said it. Um, you heard from somebody else. I don't know if this is original to you. But it was because God and heaven are two different words. Mm-hmm. God's, well, yeah. God's not heaven. Heaven's not God. Mm-hmm. So... They're two different kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And in that discussion, um, we had some questions given to us about more details on why, why we believe these kingdoms to be separate kingdoms and, um, and the distinct natures of these kingdoms. So I wanted to focus on, first off, we know what the scriptures say. I believe we looked at it already in the Gospel of Luke. Um, where the Bible, where Jesus himself says, the kingdom of God is within you. No one can say low here or low there. You cannot point it out on a map. So that makes, and then we went through other scriptures, and I encourage the listener to go back to the kingdoms episode and re-listen to it. And we also said, and we brought up the understanding that kingdom of God being spiritual, the kingdom of heaven being physical. We're talking about the physical reign of the Lord Jesus Christ 
in the city of Jerusalem as the king of the Jews. The kingdom of heaven for Israel, what you and I sometimes refer to as the millennium. Mm -hmm. And so when you read the gospel specifically of Matthew being the kingdom of heaven gospel, because that exact statement is only found in the gospel of Matthew, that doesn't mean the kingdom of heaven is only found in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew gives it that name, but the understanding of that physical kingdom. So I think the three of us would agree, has the Lord promised physical blessings? What I mean by that, land to the church. Has God promised the church land? borders and boundaries. No, he promised Israel that. And I think what happens is we go to the Old Testament and we read these promises, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, and we make the church fit in and what happened then to the promise God gave to Israel. Those, If God makes a promise, he does keep his promise. And so if he makes the promise, he's going to fulfill that promise. And one of those ways that uh, um, it's found, so when we say kingdom of heaven, we're not just referring to what's only in Matthew. We're, all, we're referring to all those physical kingdom promises that were made to the nation of Israel. The throne of David lasts forever. You know, those promises that were made directly to the nation of Israel that has yet to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, the, the Euphrates River right now is in Iraq. According to scripture, that river is going to belong to Israel. The Nile River belongs, is in Egypt. But according to scripture, Israel will gain and have Nile to Euphrates. They've never had that in the history of, their, in the, history of the world. Israel's never had those rivers. That's Genesis 15. That's ju way. Yes. So if God's promised it, is he going to fulfill it? Yes. I mean, that, that's where I go. All right. And... So when we say kingdom of God, we're talking about a new birth, John chapter 3, Jesus says it in there. Um, we know, uh, where is it, Corinthians? Flesh and blood cannot inherit. First Corinthians 15. Yeah. Yes, yep. cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So we know the kingdom of God is, is a spiritual kingdom that you and I become part of because we are born again. The new birth is for the kingdom of God. Whereas the kingdom of heaven is the king of the Jews, the Lord Jesus Christ, reigning on earth in Jerusalem, which he's yet to do. Am I correct in all those statements? So, uh, uh, the listener, they're both nodding their heads. Yes, so yes. They're, they're, yeah. Um, this is the most talking I think I've done in one time in this whole podcast. So <laughs> You're doing so good. I'm, I'm yes. really worked up. I'm proud just of you. <laughs> Thank you. So, let me read scripture. Okay, Matthew 10, uh, Matthew 10, Matthew 11, verse number 12 says this. This is Jesus speaking. Of course, all scripture is Jesus speaking, but let's continue. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. Now, we know the biblical definition of the word suffer. We have to know what that means. Okay, we know Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, right? That doesn't mean beat them on the way to Jesus. What, is the, what does he mean when he says, suffer the little children? We, we use the word allow, okay? 
it's not too far from us because we know um, the suffrage movement, women's suffrage. Well, what was that? That was the right in our nation, the right of ladies being given to vote. They can vote now. They were allowed suffer. So I believe it also connects with the word long suffering, long allowance. Um, and there's more studying in that. But when he says the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, the reference to that is not it's going to go through. It's allowing. It's bringing in because it says it right after that. And the violent take it by force. Well, a spiritual kingdom is not taken by force. A physical kingdom is. And we know Jesus said it um, 18, John 18, to Pilate. He says, uh, my kingdom's not from hence. Uh, I'm going to really misquote the verse. But basically, it was the, um, if it were, my, then would my servants fight. That's a reference to taking it by force. A kingdom of heaven, the or a the kingdom of heaven, brought on by violence. Jesus comes in Revelation 19 to judge and to make war. We uh, vesture dipped in blood. He's got the sword. You, the whole story. The 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 violent coming and the violence bringing in, ushering in the kingdom of heaven. Not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God being a, a a spiritual kingdom, we're not going out with swords and spears and and guns and weapons to make somebody come into the kingdom of God. It's not we give the gospel, but I think would you agree that the the blurring of those two have resulted in problems? Where I'm thinking right now, as we are speaking right now, Putin is invading Ukraine. Yes, he's not trying to take them spiritually. That's right. <laughs> He is invading them physically. That's right. He is taking it by force. And so um, a, something that is spiritual here, uh, again, in this passage in Matthew, um, I like what you did, Brother Josh, is to, just to point out the physicality of it, that something that is spiritual is not taken by physical force. That's right. There are those who might be... might try to spiritualize this though and say well this is the persecution of the christian this is you know uh the imprisoning the you go to hebrews 11 it talks about all those who were sawn asunder isn't that what this is talking about the the spiritual being taken by force I, i'm just i'm just trying to speak as the uh the person on the other side here sure go ahead Jeff. well i think if you keep it if we keep in mind as well um that the Pharisees, you know, the, the Sanhedrin, right? The Pharisees, Sadducees, the scribes, um, they were very concerned that if they allowed Jesus to continue to teach, that uh, the Romans would come and take away our place in our nation, hmm. right? So, so in the minds of uh, the Pharisees, you know, Christ is coming in offering, right? Christ is offering... Now, now we would clarify and say, in order to gain entrance to the kingdom of heaven, the physical, that physical kingdom, there had to be a heart change. They had to enter into the kingdom of God. New birth, yes, right? right. Yes. right. And Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Correct. Yeah. And that's what Jesus is, is even trying to teach Nicodemus, right? Ye must be born again. And so uh, the nation rejected that. They rejected the kingdom of God. And having rejected the kingdom of God, they wanted they wanted the kingdom of heaven without the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. 
So um, this the kingdom of heaven being taken by violence. Well, I mean, you could also point out that the, the Pharisees, the, the scribes and Pharisees and Sanhedrin, uh, they plotted to take it away from Christ. You know, they plotted, uh, they planned his, his betrayal, death, execution, all of it, um, in order to preserve their kingdom hmm. that they had. Um, and yet, uh, Matthew also reads in Matthew where Jesus says the kingdom, the kingdom of God, I believe he says, will be taken away from you and given to a nation bearing fruits thereof. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so because they would not, they lost both. They, they lost both, right? Um, well, one was, this, one was put on hold for a time. Agreed. Yes. Agreed. <clears throat> agreed. Yes. yes. The kingdom of heaven um, has been put tabled. on hold. Right. Yeah. You know, another, just a simple argument for the kingdom, you know, us expecting a literal fulfillment of these things is the fact that all of, all of the prophecies related to Christ's first coming were all literal. He wasn't born in like, Bethlehem doesn't have to be spiritualized. He was born in Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. You know, Um, all of the prophecies, him being born of a virgin, we don't spiritualize that. That's something we take literally. So if you're going to take all of the prophecies of him coming the first time literally, then would it not follow that you're going to take the prophecies of the second coming in his kingdom also which Literally. means we, I think we mentioned this on our very first podcast, the, the three rights, right scripture, mm-hmm. right division, mm-hmm. and right understanding. Right. Um, and one of the, in the right understanding, I've always viewed that one in my mind as a literal interpretation of the word of God. Sure. Unless the word of God lets you know this is not to be taken literally. And do you know why you, do you know why you believe that? There's not some deep theological yes. reason. It's the nature of language. You, you read it the and nature, just take it for what it right. says. Who gave us language? Well, God did. Yeah. Why did he give us language? So that we could communicate with one another. So we all agree to meet somewhere this morning. Okay, When you say we're going to meet at 830 in such and such a place, I'm not reading that thinking, okay, I wonder what he really means. <laughs> what does he really mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, we take it literally. And so like... Uh, Brother Wiley, you mentioned you know, to spiritualize the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. To spiritualize it, well, that means we're not taking this literal then, right? Mm-hmm. Am I, am I wrong in my thoughts? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I think to help understand the, the differences between the two kingdoms is to start approaching the scriptures with the right understanding that if I'm going to read this, and study, I have to take God at his word and have to believe the words that are written in front of me. I think, Brother Wiley, you said it best one time. A lot of Christians would call the Bible the word of God. So they'll say they believe in the word of God, but they don't trust the words of God. Every single word in here. So um, taking a literal approach to scripture. So, Can I add something? Yeah. You know, because you were thinking of, you were mentioning, we, we take it literally unless... Uh, this the scripture dictates otherwise. That's right. And and God uses even there. Does He not use simple language to indicate that when we use the word like or as, we're clearly drawing as comparison your metaphors to and similes. Yes. yes, and it's it's evident. You know, if I say, um, you know, I felt like a ton of brick, a ton of bricks dropped on me. 
right? You're not thinking literally. You're understanding what's being communicated by the metaphor. By the metaphor. And, or I, f- I feel like trash or I'm happy as a clam. You know, all those things are metaphors that clearly uh, we're not using literally. Well, God does the same thing in his word. And he didn't learn it from us. We learn it from him. So anyway. While we're here, while we're in Matthew, Brother Josh, can I pose a a question (laughs) in verse 12. Why does it say from the days of John the Baptist until now? So we see two, you know, we see time here. Of course. Why does it begin this teaching of... Now I'm asking, I I believe I have the biblical answer, and I'm not trying to put anybody, I'm just trying to make a point here. Why does the Lord Jesus Christ specifically say, when he's referring to the kingdom of heaven, he begins with John the Baptist? Hmm. If you keep reading, he he says, if you will receive it. Well, He identifies so, John the Baptist. So, I don't know how far you wanted me to go with this. Okay. Um, because if you look at verse 10, okay. Okay, forgive me, I don't have my Bible. You know what I mean by... And by the way, this is all God's Bible. By the way, again, I just want the listeners to understand we came into this with our topic selected, and that's it. (laughs) We haven't talked about anything (laughs) because we we want this this to be as unscripted as possible. So um, look at verse 10 of Matthew 11. For this is he. Now, okay, we can go farther back, but we know he's Mm -hmm. talking about John the Baptist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. For this is he of whom it is written. And now he's going to quote Malachi. Uh, chapter three, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. What a wonderful prophecy. Malachi chapter three, verse one about John the Baptist. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verily I say unto you among them that are born of women, there had not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven. Oh, that context is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent taken by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. So that to me is a time word. That means that the prophesying and the prophets are done okay, until John. Why are they done? Well, go ahead. No, you know, go ahead. No, you no, want I'm to answer. Asking, why are they done? Can I keep going? Go you can keep right. going. It's fine. I'm going to keep going. I'll table my question. You, you table it. <laughs> okay. And now this is where I was going. Verse 14. And if ye will receive it, this is who? Elias. Elias. Well, why does he bring up Elias? Why does he bring up Elijah? Because of Malachi as well. Because Chapter of Malachi four. as well. So in Malachi, in Malachi chapter four, we know before the kingdom, somebody comes, right? Okay. In Malachi chapter four, Malachi chapter three, we have the prophecy of John the Baptist. Malachi chapter four, verse five, behold, I send you Elijah, the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Context, keywords. Day of the Lord, he's referring to the kingdom. Okay? And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So we have the ending of the Old Testament with the glorious prophecy that Elijah's going to come before the kingdom. Right? We know 
Um, I believe we can show in Scripture that the two witnesses that come in the in the book of Revelation in what is we call the tribulation time, I believe both of them, I believe one of them is Elijah, one of them is Moses, uh, based on what the Scriptures point out and who they are. Now, according to Matthew 11, if they had received John and received the preaching of the kingdom of heaven that is at hand, according to what we just read in Matthew 11, and if ye will receive it, this is Elias. So he's putting John the Baptist and Elijah as the same dude. That's where I'm coming from. That John the Baptist would be Elijah had they received and the kingdom of heaven would have been ushered in. So, um, I don't know why I went that far, but you <laughs> asked the question. I don't know why, what the question was, but anyway, so I well, believe the conclusion. Oh, you finished. No, 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 so no, 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 go ahead. I, I just believe based on what I read in Malachi three, Malachi four, and now in Matthew 11, Jesus is pointing out that the kingdom of heaven is being offered to you, Israel. And have you received it? John the Baptist would be Elijah for you. Correct. So I believe that if Israel had believed, he would have been the Elijah that was prophesied. Yes. Since they did not believe, he was John. He was John. He was yes. John. Um, what, I, what I was thinking of when it says, and I love, your, I, did, I, I love your train of thought, and it seems like Chad shares your train of thought there on what I was thinking of when it's referring to the kingdom of heaven, why it begins with John. Hmm. is because John was the first to preach the kingdom, the kingdom of, of heaven. heaven. Notice it in verse 13, it says, they've prophesied. Until John. But John was not prophesying. He's the first one that said, is at hand. He is the first one. He even preached it before Jesus did. That's right. In Matthew 3, in verse number 1, the Bible says, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Well, what was he preaching? Verse 2. And saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Lord Jesus Christ did not preach that until after his baptism and after his temptation. Mm -hmm. Matthew 4, verse 17, the Bible says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then you go to Matthew 10 which is the sending out of the apostles two by two. And it's going to take me a second to find my verse here. They were told what to preach as well. Guys, you might have to help me a little bit. I literally in Matthew just saw 10, it. Saw well, it. in verse 5, if you start from the beginning of his Where they were told to preach. Only to the Jews. Right. Only to the Jews. Ooh, that's verse important. 6. That's, that's all, a great I point. That's, I preached on the woman at the well. It's not very inclusive language, but... In John 4, the Bible says Jesus oh, must verse needs seven. go through Samaria, but mm -hmm. he specifically told his disciples not to go there. Yeah. Go to the lost sheep anyway, of Israel. It's Matthew 10 and verse 7. And as ye go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So the reason why I believe the emphasis in Matthew 11 and verse 12, that it says, and from the days of John the Baptist, he was the first to preach that the kingdom of heaven is no longer being prophesied. If you want to biblically define at hand, 
That's Jeremiah 23, mm -hmm. 23 is the way you, well, since I brought it up, let me read it. That's how I biblical, I try to find biblical definitions of Agreed. words and terms. And Jeremiah 23, 23 is the way I define what at hand means. The Bible says, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord? And then it says, and not a God afar off. So it gives the opposite of at hand. The opposite is afar off. So the kingdom is now, the kingdom that has been prophesied is now being offered. offered. All the prophets have talked about it. It's right. all here until, until John. Until John. saying it's now at and hand. And Matthew 3 is the first time the kingdom of heaven, now the kingdom of God, I believe, and here's a future podcast, <laughs> it was first offered at the marriage of Cana with the changing of the water into wine. I that agree. was the first public offering of the new birth. Even before John 3's Nicodemus, the first public offering of the kingdom of God, Christ offered it in John chapter number two. The first offering of the kingdom of heaven is by John the Baptist in Matthew three. So there's a distinct difference. Mm -hmm. That is why I believe I, John is mentioned and in I think what, 11, what 12. Hurts the, the average Christian, and it's not a hurt, but to them it hurts because now we're learning about things that, oh, oh, so that doesn't apply to me. You know what I mean? Oh, he went to the lost sheep of Israel. Oh, I'm, I'm so thankful he went to, I'm, praise the Lord, I'm, I'm, I was one of those lost sheep. Well, I'm glad he saved me, but that, that's not talking about me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm not the lost sheep of Israel. So again, the literal interpretation. There's no private interpretation. The Bible says that. So the literal interpretation of Scripture lets me know there's a lot in here that's not about me, and I got to stop making it about me. Um, what did Jesus say to the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15 uh, when he was ignoring her? He told his, "I am but come for the lost, lost sheep, sheep of the house of Israel." That's right. He's saying why he came. That's right. And um, so we just need to again be careful about making everything in the Word of God about us. Now, everything in the Word of God is for our it's learning. For, yeah, that's right. The Bible says everything in the Word of God is profitable for me, from Timothy, uh, but it's not all about me. I, I like what you said. When I see the word me in the scriptures, it doesn't so, necessarily mean so, me. <laughs> and, and, and I grew up um, Christian home. I, you know, I always tell people I went to church nine months before I was born. You know, I just, that, that was my life. Christian home, my dad's a pastor. Um, I went to a Christian school. I had Christian education, so I'm at a, I'm at a good uh, foundation when it comes to uh, learning something as simple as, I say simple, but something like science. I, I was never taught evolution. I was always taught creation. I was always taught, and I'm thankful for that. I went to Bible college, but there are many times in, in the Bible departments or in the, or in the, the curriculum, you're told, for instance, I'm going to read Psalm 3, verse 1. The Bible says, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. And, and you get the devotional, you know, oh, put yourself in. Lord, how are they that trouble Josh? You know, put your name in there. How are they that, many are they that rise up against me? Oh, Lord, they're rising up against me. 
And I think devotionally, we can get a blessing, but I believe we're, we're missing what the doctrine is that's being taught because Psalm 3 is not about me. Even though it says me, doesn't mean it's me. Um, I have to find out who the me is, the antecedent to the pronoun. So, um, Chad, you look deep in thought. So I'm curious where we're... Where... I, I want to bring up a thought, too, before we get into the depths of Chad Colburn's Yeah, mind. right. Oh, this yeah. is true. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> Press on, please. <laughs> In Matthew, I, I would like to pose a question, uh, because I did bring up the point, and I do believe that John is the first to be offering the kingdom of heaven. He's the first to be preaching it. Even before Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven, Yes, John is preaching the kingdom of heaven. Can we make a clarifying statement? They're preaching the imminent fulfillment of the kingdom of heaven, right? Because, because Christ is the fulfillment. You know, Revelation 19, Revelation 19, 11, I think it is, says that... Um, the scriptures, the prophecy, Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Okay. Right. Yep. So when we're saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, John is not preaching some new thing. Correct. He is Agreed. preaching yes. a thing that has been prophesied uh, that for it's thousands now at of hand. years. It's now at hand. Right. That's so right. Um, let's make sure that... It's not a new know, doctrine it's not a new or doctrine, a new revelation. That's right. It's like the Old Testament... You know, all the ton, all the prophets of spoke of it. Right, it's right. just it is now. Right. It's like it's like uh, uh, Galatians four. But when the fullness of the time was come, mm-hmm. God sent forth His Son. Right, there was a time appointed. So this was the appointed time, mm-hmm. um, which is given in by Daniel. Right, we should just asterisk that. You know, this is given. why the wise men knew what the star meant. Right, that's right. The wise men had to have known Daniel's prophecy, <laughs> right? to have known what the star was. Because where'd they come anyway, from? Let's, from the east. Okay, okay sorry. <laughs> we're, we're getting all... Here's my question. Well, well, okay, I was so, going to have fun with that so one. So <laughs> John is first preaching the kingdom of heaven. Does John have the authority to first offer the kingdom of God? Does he have the authority to do that? Kingdom of God? Or the king... kingdom of God. He's the first... Yeah. But the to speak of, of the availability of the kingdom of heaven. So so John is chosen to first bring that, but obviously Christ is the one who first speaks of the kingdom of God. Um, he's the first, and again, I, 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 John 3, I do not believe is the first speaking. I believe John 2 is the Christ is at the marriage first teaching the the anyway that'll be a future podcast you know um john's authority is questioned by the pharisees uh well no christ's authority is questioned by the pharisees in matthew 21 and he brings up john's authority mm-hmm. he says you know the baptism of john whence was it from heaven or of men did john come with heavenly authority or did John have simply man's authority? Well, the answer for us is John chapter number one. There was a man sent from God mm-hmm. whose name was John, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So we know he has heaven's authority. But heaven's authority to do what? To offer the kingdom of heaven? To offer the kingdom of God? Both? See, I believe John did not have the authority to offer the kingdom of God, the spiritual. 
He was coming preaching the physical. Mm -hmm. He was letting them know and see the reason why that the kingdom of heaven was now at hand is because the bridegroom is now among us. That's right. Mm -hmm. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Here's the one that is going to bring about the kingdom of heaven that I have been preaching unto you, mm-hmm. but he's going to do it not as the conquering king, but as the suffering suffering savior. So when it came to the kingdom of God, he pointed them to the one that had the authority to bring in the kingdom of God. And so so I I do believe that there's an important distinction that John was the first to preach Mm -hmm. the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus was the first to preach the kingdom of God. They are, I still believe, are two separate things. I, only the testator, according to Hebrews, can bring in the testament. Mm-hmm, only right. the testator can do that, and the testator is the Lord Jesus Christ. So John could not do that. All John could do was prepare the way for the one that would bring in the testament, and that's mm-hmm. the testator, the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, you can even go... Now well, let's get into the depths of well, chapter. Well, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, I was just thinking... <laughs> Um, you know, the, the setting aside of Israel, that, that setting aside of them temporarily happens to also not coincidentally take place in Matthew 21, right? So in Matthew 21, after Jesus speaks a parable, parable about the man with two sons, right? Tells his two sons to go work in the vineyard. One says, I will, but he doesn't. The other says, I won't, but I do, but I will. He says in verse 31, Verily I say unto you that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. Now, this is important because the the kingdom of heaven phrase is used 33 times in the book of Matthew exclusively referring to the physical kingdom that we're talking about. And yet here, okay, he's talking about these publicans and harlots that are going into the kingdom of God before them. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward that she might believe him. So then he gives the parable of the householder, right? The householder planted a vineyard. Okay, what's vineyard? What's the vineyard? It's, it's Israel. Israel. Right. It's Israel, Israel. Yeah. right? Because in the Old Testament, he refers to them bringing forth sour grapes, mm-hmm. bitter Grapes. So this is Israel, and so and who's who's the uh, the vine dresser? Who's the householder? Well, that's that's the Lord. The Lord planted a vineyard. Israel hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and led it out to the husbandman and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandman. So what's what's be, what's being drawn near? Okay, the return or the coming, the coming of the householder that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandman took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. Again, he sent again he sent another servant more than the first and they did unto them the likewise. So so what is he speaking of? It's a parable, but he's speaking to the the killing of the prophets, mm-hmm. right. right? But last of all he sent unto them his son, well who's that? The son of God, the lamb of God, saying, "They will reverence my son." But when the husbandman saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the heir, come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his 
inheritance, okay? Right? Who, what is the inheritance of the Son? The inheritance of the Son of God is, is, is the kingdom, is the throne, is the rule. Uh, the heathen are his inheritance as well. The Bible says that they caught him, they cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. All right, interesting. He's cast out of the vineyard, yeah. right? So, so Christ was not crucified in Jerusalem, but outside the gates. Uh, when the Lord, therefore, the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? Well, they know. He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their seasons. And so in verse 43, Therefore say I unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. Mm. Now it's interesting. He says the kingdom of God shall be taken from you. I've not read a place in Scripture, and I might need if if I if you have, then then correct me. But I don't believe there's a place that says the kingdom of heaven shall be taken from you and given to another nation. Right. So the spiritual act, because they just would not humble themselves and believe um, the the stewardship of the gospel, then is is it's going to depart from them, be given to the church, the mystery of the church. So there's. Do you know of anyone that believes the world is going to be flooded with water again? Um, not a, well. G- global. I'm alarm- sure that there's like some, climate alarmists. I'm talking about Christians. <laughs> oh no, I, not nobody I know. <clears throat> there are those who, if you told them, "Oh, start building a boat because the world's going to be flooded mm-hmm. again by water," they would call you a heretic. Mm-hmm. But the same person thinks that the covenant that God made with Israel, that God has broken it, and Israel has defied it. And mm-hmm. Well, the Bible says in Isaiah 54, for thy maker is thine husband, is. Remember, Isaiah is the prophecy of their destruction and going into Babylon. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Would anyone deny this isn't talking about God? The, well, that's God. The, this is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is their Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Mark, Mark 1, in the synagogue, the un- evil spirit calls him the right, Holy the One Holy of Israel. Right. Israel. Okay, go ahead. The God of the whole earth shall he be called. Well, isn't that what... The Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. Mm-hmm. For the Lord hath called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, saith thy God. Speaking of the church, of course. What church? No. What? I'm being facetious here. Okay, got it. Now, most people would just believe this is talking about the church now because of replacement theology. Right. Whenever you see anything about Israel... It's now for the church. Verse 7, I believe this is a reference to the time of Jacob's trouble. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Notice the reference to the wrath, which again, I believe is the time of Jacob's trouble. Verse Mm -hmm. 8, in a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, saith the Lord thy Redeemer. Notice verse 9. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with thee, nor rebuke thee. For the mountains shall depart, 
tribulation period, mm-hmm. and the hills be removed, tribulation period. But my kindness shall not depart from thee, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord, that have mercy on thee. Mm. If the kingdom of heaven has been taken from Israel, we better start building an ark, yep. because the waters of Noah uh, are going to come to the earth once again. Because if God's going to break one covenant, he's going to break another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't pick and choose what covenant <laughs> right. he's going to stay true. That's right. right, 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 right. And again, I, for me, it goes back to the literal. I see in verse 7, verse 8, okay, we live in a social media world. And we live in a, let's scroll through and then find somebody posts a random verse. And, then, oh, what a blessing that yeah. verse is. Here's right. a cool devotional. Let's just grab a verse, verse right. 7. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Oh, what a blessing. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, wait, wait. That'll preach. That'll <laughs> preach. Oh, for a small moment. But with great mercy. Oh, I'm so thankful. Great. What is the thee? We have to know the con- We have to know the antecedent to the pronoun. He's talking to Israel. We can't just make a church verse. Okay. But you can, okay, because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Okay. Right? We've got to rightly divide to to the prophet, right? And it tells you what the prophet is. The, there's Doctrine. doctrinal, right? Doctrinal understanding. We know this is Israel. Yep. Okay. Also, where does the Bible ever say that God is going to forsake the church? Sure. For exactly. Time? Right. Exactly. I'm just right. I'm using this verse as right, just right. a I hear you. Right. A, a, but if we're going to stick example, the church in here. That's right. So that means that the church is going to be forsaken for Again, a time? going back to Psalm 51 when David said, "Take not thy holy spirit from me." You know, yeah, that doesn't happen for us. That doesn't happen for but, us. But you know, even the you talk about the church, the, the church being forsaken. The worst church referenced is in Revelations, Laodicean, right? So the most carnal, awful church <laughs> that's referenced, the Bible says, "The Lord says, behold, I stand at, at the, the door, door and knock." Door. Right? So even then, a bunch of bums Laodiceans are. The Lord is still there. He's still there. seeking them. He's right. still they're not seeking. forsaken. They're not that's forsaken. Right. Not at all. Right. So, so this is, I was just thinking on this too, this is where, um, you know, rightly dividing is so, so crazy important, right? That you don't get sucked into, um, misapplying something, uh, trying to apply your faith in something that's not appropriated for you, Mm. okay? And then I was thinking, okay, so for the for a regular Bible believing Christian who's listening to this, this is where the interpretive principle of interpreting the unclear by the clear is so important. Hmm. Because when we come across passages that challenge or or make us work to understand them, in a difficult passage, you don't forsake what is clear in other passages. You take what is clear in other passages and you apply that to the scripture that you're wrestling with, that you're trying to understand. So when we read, you know, the, the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. The kingdom of God is within you. Those are clear statements on the kingdom of God. When the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is at hand and, and it's, it's clearly uh, a physical kingdom, then you need to take what's clear and, and take that understanding 
into the passages that are, that are, are not clear. Right. Thoughts on that? And can we see the distinction? We were in Matthew 21. You mm-hmm. brought up the parable yep. of the kingdom of God being taken from you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Both kingdoms are mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Both kingdoms are clearly mentioned. Yeah. Now, one is not called, you won't see king, I don't think it says kingdom of heaven in this parable. Perhaps I'm missing, I, I don't believe it does. But the kingdom of heaven is taught here, and this is where you've got to be a student of the Word of God, study to show thyself. And, and, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's from verse 38. What is the son called in verse 38? What is he called? The heir. The heir. Mm-hmm. Heir of what? Mm-hmm. Heir of what? What is he the heir of? He is the heir of this vineyard. Mm-hmm. But, okay, the fact that he is here called the heir is a reference to the physical kingdom. Yeah. Now, the kingdom of God is the spiritual that's going to be taken. But notice this physical kingdom is not taken. Just in two passages, let's just study the word heir. If you go to Hebrews 11, forgive me, Hebrews 1 in verse 2, the Bible tells us, In Hebrews 1 and verse 2, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, okay, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what do we know about him? Whom he, God, verse 1, hath appointed heir of all things. Now, are these just spiritual things? Well, by whom also he made the worlds. Well, are those physical worlds or spiritual worlds? Yeah. yeah. It's physical. Yeah. Here it's physical. I gotta, yeah. By I just had this discussion yesterday. It seems like earth and world, there's there's differences in the two. Earth is physical and world seems Correct. To be. For God so loved the world. Right? He's not talking about I love this dirt so much. Sure. It's so wonderful. Yeah. Remember the Bible says, and that goes back to the creation account, the dry land he named earth. earth. Right. That's what he named. And in Psalm, I think it's Psalm ninety. The Bible says that he made the earth and the world. Right. So they're separated as two. Well, I would... But the world is also plural. I believe this is the only time in Scripture where world is plural, I believe. Because there's this present evil world. There's also the world to come. And then there's the world that was before the flood. Interesting. Right? I mean, there's at least... So what you're saying is then we can't use this as a Scripture that Jesus is creator. Okay, but so, because, no, no. Let me go. No, let me people take it. use, including myself. Yeah, use this verse to say that Jesus. No, there's many other verses. Sure. that, you know, but they use this verse to say that Jesus is the Creator. Okay, but the world. Okay, the the earth. You can't separate. We a lot of times we separate this physical from the spiritual. Okay, but what happens when the spiritual separate from the physical? Well, death. Right? When your spirit mm. leaves your body, your body is dead. Or death literally means separation. Right. So in order, you know, the spiritual and the physical are, they're, they're not, I don't think you can just rip the two apart from each other. You can for examination, but not in practice. So the worlds, okay, he, he made the worlds. I mean, certainly there's a spiritual aspect, but that spiritual aspect is manifested in a physical world. Are you with so me? when Jesus said, "My kingdom is not of this world," because I believe He is, so I'm just trying to get my mind no, around it's, that. No, it's worth. No, because because <laughs> I know is... He's speaking of His physical kingdom there. Yeah, I know that. Mm-hmm. So my physical kingdom is not of this spiritual world. 
I'm just trying to get well, in this, my mind. Okay, but what is the spirit? And this is fun because this is Hey, this really, is the first time this we're... This is the first time we're really... Okay, so... I'm just sitting here watching you two. Right, right, right. You should. You <laughs> You're the moderator. Right, <laughs> save one of us. No, I'm the moderator. That's um, why I just put you guys at it. No. And I do believe that context, if there's a... That the same word can be used in a different way if the context dictates that. Sure. Well, context needs to be known. Right, right. Um... So, hey, let's study this longer for, uh, for a later uh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Worlds. Okay. Worlds. Oh, and the listeners going, okay. come on. <laughs> yeah, 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 going. Yeah. And we're like, <laughs> my, oh, I need more my, time. <laughs> my other verse I was going to take you to, again, speaking of Jesus being heir, heir of physical. Yes. Okay, I, I hit a flat note on that one. Okay, I'm, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to disagree. No, I'm not going to disagree oh, know, at all of that. Christ is clearly the creator. Right, right, right. Of, I know you're not. I okay. know you're not whatsoever. Right. Okay. I get it. Like we said, there's many other passages, Colossians mm-hmm. and uh, Romans, that teaches us that, mm-hmm. that Jesus is the creator. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed Roman, Romans, Revelation 1, verses 4 and 5? I believe this also answers what Jesus is heir to. Now, the word heir is not used, but notice it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. So there's the Godhead mentioned. Hmm. You've got God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and then the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the Godhead. Notice what it says of Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. And then notice this third reference, and the prince of the kings of the earth. Notice it says kings of the earth. What is the prince? Who is the prince? He is the heir. Christ is the heir of the kingdoms of the earth. He is... He is heir. That's what a prince is. Mm-hmm. A prince is one who is waiting to receive his kingdom. Right. And so the king, notice it says kings, mm-hmm. not king. Mm-hmm. So all the kings of the earth, Christ is the prince mm-hmm. of them. He is going to inherit the earth. He's like a king in waiting. Right. Yeah. 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 Going He's, back to the prophecy, until thine enemies be made thy footstool. When so that happens. Here's a logistical question. Okay, I, I'm, I'm sure the answer here is yes to this. But if I pose the question, what does every kingdom have? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy Griffith. <laughs> We're going to play Andy and Barty here. Uh, You're so facetious. <laughs> You're so facetious. <laughs> no, my, my point is, would anyone argue that the kingdom of God already exists it's already here it's been upon the earth for two thousand years the kingdom of god well yes there are people that would no i'm just kidding no the answer is no well yeah yeah We're not i agree, I agree that, with of you course. okay yeah does that kingdom have a king well by definition are we waiting needs a king. are we waiting for this king for the kingdom of god are we waiting for it sure the answer is no right. he's already come and mm-hmm. now the kingdom of heaven is waiting for its king sure That's right its king has not arrived yeah the kingdom of God, the king has already arrived. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that it's the throne of David and that it was a descendant of David shall sit on David's mm-hmm. throne. How did David understand that? You know, David understood, a man after physically. God's own heart, he understood it as being this a descendant physical. of his. That's right. right. 
And that's ha- that hasn't and so happened yet. For, I think, you know, and, and again, can we all say as we're talking about this and that others are talking and, uh, you know, posing questions to us saying they're not fully. It took me several years to mm-hmm. get my mind around this. And I think part of the hindrance was, quite frankly, all the, you know, you know, my preacher didn't know any better, and his mm-hmm. preacher didn't know any better. And mm-hmm. we're not saying we're better than anyone. Um, what I'm saying is, is that if you're struggling to grasp this concept, we would say, welcome to the club, you know, yeah. that it took us time to grasp this concept. But I can say, once the Lord helped me to be able to start to understand this concept, it just really helped with my understanding of the scriptures. Conflict in many places went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the continuity of the scriptures just seemed to just get so much better when I understood these things. That You didn't have to rest the scriptures right. to make it say what you wanted it yeah, to Yeah, like say. you can settle on the fact that when the church is called a mystery, right, you don't have to look for the church in places where it's it not spoken exist. of. That's right. You know, it's something previously not revealed, which is okay. You know, it, it's okay to not uh, find the church everywhere in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Everybody breathe. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's absolutely okay to see Christ and his kingdom all over the Old all Testament the anticipated. And that gives you a lot better footing when trying to understand the Gospels. And, and what John's preaching, what Jesus is preaching. I like, so. I like to say this. I can go most places in the scriptures and not find me, mm-hmm. but I can't go anywhere and not find him. Amen. It tells me that the theme of the word is not me, it's him. It mm-hmm. teaches me of him. Isn't that what he said? The Holy Ghost will come and teach you of me. Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to teach you of. Not mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. going to teach you of me. Yep. But I think in our... Laodicean time. We we are in a world of of um, self gratifying churches, yeah, self gratifying La- preaching. Right, Laodicea. The the it, you know how we connect Laodicea to lukewarmness, but of the course. word Laodicea means rights of the people of the people. And when you live in a time like that, everybody has an outsized estimation of their opinion and their value. We all do. You know, as I'm watching this the whole Ukraine Russia thing unfold. You realize how small your life is and how little influence you really have in the world. Hmm. You know that it's funny because this generation and generations before we're telling our kids that they can go out and change the world. You know, if God chooses to use individuals uh, for specific purposes, it's still up to him. But we can't just through self-will and our short-sightedness just change things. And uh, it's good to stay small in our own eyes and give God the glory, give mm-hmm. him place, and let him be... Well, to be magnified means to be made big, bigger, uh, make him larger. I'm just rambling. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. Yeah. I, I, I think this helps the listener know... You can't just read a passage of scripture and then try to answer the question, well, how does, what does this mean to me today? Or how does this apply to me today? Sometimes it doesn't. A lot of times it doesn't. 
it, it's a it's a scripture passage that doesn't apply to you today. But what are we gaining from it? We're learning more about him, right? Right. right. What have we learned of him? How about that? that right. That's really what right. should be the focus right. of Scripture. Right. Which, so, should, which does strengthen our faith and yes. builds our faith because there's a testimony of his faithfulness, a testimony of his keeping his covenants and keeping his promises and his tender mercies and all of those things, but also his judgment, um, his, his wrath, all of those things. Hmm. We are, our faith is strengthened by them. Mm-hmm. Um, strengthen in the inner man, Ephesians, Ephesians says. But that was a great, great discussion. Awesome. Great I, discussion. Uh, we're going to wrap this podcast up for now. And once again, uh, we hope that this is at least giving you food for thought. It may not have completely answered your questions, uh, but the journey, can I say this? The journey is so well worth it and worth taking. And I've never once in my life ever heard someone say, you know what, I've just been studying the Bible for two hours and what a waste of time. Yeah. I've never, yeah. I've, I've heard it many times about watching a movie or doing something else. You'll hear the expression, well, I'll never get that time back. Mm. Um, I've never heard that about studying the Word of God. It, it's just so awesome. Right. So this was just more information. We are going to be talking more of the kingdoms. It's such a huge topic, uh, but we were trying. <laughs> it's not as, always easy. As best we, we can. were trying as best we can to stay on track, to answer the question. Again, how do we just, in a simple manner state the difference between the two, and hopefully we've accomplished that even in a small way. Uh, But for now, Backwoods Theology, we're going to be signing off from now, uh, but uh, continue to listen. We will be usually every Friday is when a new podcast comes out, scheduled to come out. So uh, we will look forward to seeing you this coming Friday. God bless you from Backwoods Theology.